We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, brothers. If you are tuning in, this is the Brotherhood Podcast, the broadcast as we like to call it. And today is the day that I've been uh, eagerly in anticipation for because today we get to talk a little bit more about exactly what brotherhood is. Uh, we've had a f- one, maybe two podcasts, depending on on how these are released, that you've heard. So you have a little bit of an understanding of what we're trying to accomplish here with this uh, Brotherhood podcast. But the idea behind today is that I want to introduce the founders of the Men's Breakfast, as you previously know it, and now uh, the Brotherhood Breakfast, and uh, just talk a little bit about like where we've been, like the history behind it, and so you can get an, a, a good understanding of what the Brotherhood was originally created to be uh, and the direction that it's going. So I think part of that is to take a step back and take a look at the foundation and just say, hey, you know, what exactly are we marching towards? What are we trying to accomplish with brotherhood? I know that everybody feels that there's more to it. And so this will give us a real good opportunity to dive a little bit deeper and learn a a little bit more about the direction that we're going with brotherhood. So with that, I want to welcome Johnny Hampton and Mark Marquin to the podcast. Johnny, Mark, hello. Say hello to everybody. And uh, let's let's jump in. Yeah. Hey, brothers. (laughs) Honored to be here, man. Thank you so much, Evan. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to jump in uh, real quickly and talk a little bit about the history of brotherhood, because I think um, I was definitely not one that was at the first brotherhood breakfast, but I know uh, two of the three people on this uh, podcast were at the first brotherhood podcast. So if you can, uh, Johnny, tell me a little bit about that first breakfast. Why did, why did it start? Like, what was the idea, the motivation behind it? And then just talk a little bit about what it was. Cause I think Everybody right now is used to it being, you know, a 500-person uh, breakfast, and I don't think it started that way. Well, you know, it, it's it, it's been a really fun um, obey God and leave all the consequences to Him type of type of journey for for Mark and I, and then the team now that is is everyone that's helped us get to where we are. But I remember about it was probably about eight years ago we were sitting in service and and one of our pastors, uh, I think it was probably Pastor Witt, challenged us and said to all of us in our church, if you're sitting next to an empty seat, whose responsibility should that seat fall to? Because it's a missed opportunity for someone who should be sitting there. And I remember leaving church that day thinking to myself, you know, I'm obviously have influence with men uh, that are around me, whether it's through my business or just through just ongoing friendships. And how am I maximizing those? And it came to me to do uh, to really rally the men in, in the, the section I was sitting in to do uh, to do a breakfast. And so uh, I, Mark and I were working together through this section of the church we were sitting in, really looking at the empty seats and saying, what can we do? So we had our first breakfast at Jimmy's Egg over at 71st and, and Garnett. And there were about probably 16 of us there for that first uh, first event. And that's really where it was birthed out of. And it was a heart of not letting anybody in our the section we were sitting in not feel uh, the, the spirit of a community and not letting anyone go alone. So, Mark, I, I'm interested to know your perspective on that same conversation and, and how these things went for you in, in all these um, events. Yeah, um, 
so if you're if you're listening and and if you don't know what Johnny means by section, um, our church auditorium is 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 super large. So it's broken into what we would call sections. Um, and from my experience, Johnny was um, a, him and his wife Crystal was a leader over this section. So really, the responsibility was kind of to pastor this area of the auditorium. And um, Johnny, I just, I, my, my wife and I went to him and his wife as our leaders and just said, hey, we want to hop in and help you. Whatever you're up to, wherever you're taking this this section here, we want to serve. Um, and man, Johnny scooped me up, took, him on, took me under his wing. And from there, yeah, we just started serving our section. Um, and one of the main things, uh, Johnny was wanting to do is, is start to build community amongst the men. And, uh, yeah, we collaborated, uh, him and I and a few others and said, man, let's, there's so much you could do, Evan. And we just, to keep it simple, like, let's, let's go to breakfast. Let's go to breakfast. And it sounds simple, but Johnny probably had to text a thousand guys. You know, we had 200, whatever in the section. And man, we just had to blow up everybody we knew and to come to just a restaurant. Um, and yeah, it was tough, but my recollection was like, yeah, it's, we got a, we got a leader here in Johnny that's serving our church community and he wanted to get it more condensed, more closer, more intimate and we want to break bread together. Really, it came down to that is getting to know someone is like you go break bread with somebody. And we wanted to take the men to go have a break bread session. And so we started a breakfast. Yeah, that's that's great. I love the uh, the heart behind sections. I think but the, that part of it was something that, you know, when it when it was first rolled out, uh, I think a lot of people were like, whoa, like what exactly does this mean? But I think what the ultimate goal behind it, and, and, and I think this is the fruit of that, is that as a as a group of people, shoulder to shoulder, uh, you know, sitting in a service or sitting at breakfast, uh, that's where community starts. And when you start to see the opportunity to walk through life with those people and you start to open those doors and, and create um, different things for you guys to do, you start to see, um, you start to see the people. It's not just a, we're going to go, we're going to sit here on Sunday and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. It's now, you know, this is my community. And I think the community of brotherhood is something that's been interwoven all the way to what it is today with the with the tables and the, the table sponsorships and everything else uh, that you see at Brotherhood. Because when I walk into Brotherhood, I see a lot of people that are excited to be there, but they're also excited for me to be there. And I think that that's the community that we want to build. And that's the community that we want to demonstrate for others so that they want to be a part of that uh, and build their own communities. Because at Brotherhood as itself is not designed to just be this singular thing. Well, you know, we've got it covered now. We got a breakfast, so we don't we don't need to do anything else. You know, we're looking for more people to see opportunities and step up and say, "Hey, I want to, you know, you know, take responsibility for these seats. I want to take responsibility for this place and say, I'm going to bring people into this community and I'm going to intentionally seek them out and find them." And I think that's the heart. That's that's the, you know, the goal behind it. Johnny, if you can talk a little bit about, you know, those those first couple of breakfasts, what did you start to see uh, in that journey as, as people were starting to come and just, you know, again, spend time together? What, what for you was the moment that you're like, hey, I think we're onto something here. This is something that's needed in our community. Well, we found that 
it, there wasn't a system that would that would draw men to this breakfast. We found out that it was a commitment to going after people, searching after people, letting people know that they were wanted, letting men know, hey, I want you at this breakfast. I think this would be good for you. And then we started to watch as people, these guys continue to come back. We have one guy who's never missed a single breakfast in five and a half years. So talking about commitment, commitment to a community, We've also watched as his life has changed. He's been through um, so many things in his life. I mean, a baby that was born, second baby was born, then a baby that had a heart condition, had to, had to have open heart surgery. There were so many things, and this brotherhood has been there for him and walked him through this from, from the day. But it came out of you know eggs and bacon and, and a, few, a few good conversations from a speaker that was still at that time, uh, you know, we were... We're still pulling people from inside the church, which we still believe in strongly, leaders inside that are undiscovered, but have incredible gifts and talents and have the ability to speak into our lives. But I, I love watching every month. You wondered if the guys would come back. You know, I saw John here. Will John come back again? You know, did John, did John like this breakfast? Because you, you do internalize it a little bit. Am I meeting a need or am I just gathering my buddies together? Which in my case, I was good with either. You know, I would be happy to say, hey, just make me a bunch of buddies are having breakfast. Um, but the guys continued to come back. And I think what the, the key was, was that they were getting nuggets because I never wanted any of our speakers to speak with so many points you couldn't remember them. I wanted there to be three takeaways. And Mark and I talk about this a lot. Give me three things I can walk away and I can apply this week. And we watched that as guys said, you know what? I can still remember most of our speakers and what they spoke on because we kept it really simple. So that, that to me was a real big key and what, what's caused this thing to grow is the simplicity of it. Yeah. So I think the speakers are, is the other part of it too, especially for guys, guys, like if we were just going to go have breakfast together, it, it would probably be a lot of, a lot of grunting, a lot of burping, a lot of, a lot of like, how, who are you? What do you do? Like, I don't know that we would have gone to the next depth and I'm, I'm generalizing, but you know what I mean? But I, I think that that speaker creates this, uh, this, this, uh, how do I describe it? it? It creates this event that that we're doing together. And for me, like if I'm going to go to a buddy's house and watch a game, like that's totally, totally yeah, I'm in. And I'm probably going to get about five other guys that are wanting to do that. But if I, at the same time, say, hey guys, why don't you come over to, to our house? I'm having some trouble with my marriage and uh, I want to talk to you guys about it and just kind of, you know, bear my soul to you. I might not get five guys. I might, I might barely get one. <laughs> and I think it's just that, you know, guys are just not wired that way. But I, I'll tell you what, if you get a speaker in there that's going to talk about some of the challenges and adversity that they've overcome and how, you know, they've walked through it with uh, their spouse and walked through it with Christ or they've walked through it with other people, then that's, that creates that conversation, that it creates that door for that community and those conversations to happen. Mark, if you can talk a little bit about just kind of some of the past speakers that you guys have had, and and maybe some of those key things that you you remember from from those uh, from those messages. Well, first of all, um, Johnny was technically our first speaker. Um, I want to back up just a little bit and just you know the pressures that Johnny and I have and the team now is just to create the opportunity and. And to help lead and guide. You know, Johnny does a great job with our speakers leading and guiding and speaking into them on what their what their duty is for this uh, for this event. And but the rest is God. The rest is God. And I and, and I and I think you know Johnny says all the time. It's like you know we kind of came together and let's hey let's do this. But you know as time went on, it's like this is a God idea. 
because this just wouldn't have grown the way it has. And the speakers that have showed up to deliver what they delivered, it's just all God. So I want to just say pressure is off us, we feel. I mean, the pressure is on to create the event and be led by the Holy Spirit and ask uh, the right person at the right time. But Johnny was our first speaker, and that was just because he was our leader. And, um, man, I think that was one of the things that just launched us off is we had a guy that was a business owner. He wasn't, you know, ordained minister, works for the church, and yada, yada, yada. He's just one of us. He's one of us. He's one of the guys, a business owner. He He's the one who called. He's the one who helped set it up. And here he comes, and he, he put together a small message and uh, something that was dear to him, very honest, very true, and like, okay, this is the formula. This is the formula right here. It's just us. It's Pierce. Ask a guy to come. Let's, you know, let's figure out who we want. Let them loose. And that was the formula and it worked. Um, so to speak of kind of our, you know, Evan, you've been a speaker. Johnny asked you, you came, you delivered and same, man, you're a businessman. You're not on staff at our church. You're not delivering every Sunday or Wednesday nights. It's, that's not your routine. You're out in the business world. You're, um, and you were, the, the, you were one of our key speakers or this, this lane is our key speaker of like, you're golfing with this guy. You're going fishing with this guy. He's touchable. Um, his pals are my pals, mutual friends. But we want to hear from him. What's going on in his life? We want to hear from his heart. And what do we need to talk about? And yeah, you know, we kind of come back to a lot of the same stuff of you and Johnny and a lot of our other speakers are. I have pain. I have grown. God has set me free or is currently working on me. And I can't do this alone. When I'm alone, things start going south. When I reach out to a brother, when I bring the light into the darkness when I start being what we call a lot vulnerable, the bad word, right? Man, those are our key breakfasts right there, right there. No matter the speaker. Yeah, the funny thing is that we talk about that a lot. Actually, my, the title of my message was The Unintended Consequences of Invulnerability. That's right. yep. So you can, you can go back and listen to it if you want. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was my first time speaking like that, so I apologize in advance. But I think the, the the cool thing about just having the opportunity to share is we have an opportunity to model as speakers uh, and you guys as leaders have an opportunity to kind of model uh, our walk with Christ and, and, and our journey. And so, you know, when we're in these situations, whether it be business or whatever else, uh, and we can talk about things that other people are going through that we're going through, I think that gives like, so th- that gives me peace. I don't know about you guys, but when if I'm in a situation and I'm super stressed and I'm trying to navigate life and I'm trying to balance my family and I'm trying to, you know, make sure that I'm, you know, doing a good job and making payroll and, and doing all these things. And I, I feel alone in that. I feel sometimes that, you know, this, this hurdle that's in front of me is insurmountable. And then I can talk to people or hear from people that have gone through similar challenges and they've seen God show up. Uh, and they just said, hey, I, I was here, I was willing, and I was ready, and I was able to overcome this. And I think that's what guys need. Guys, I think, for the most part, are try to be self-sufficient and try to just do it on their own. And the challenge that we run into is that there is some success with that. We can accomplish some things, 
But we also need to recognize through stewardship that instead of building our own kingdom, we're building God's kingdom and he's, he's allowing us to, or we need to allow him to work through us so that we can accomplish those things. I, I think for brotherhood and, and just for everything that we've, we've seen so far, there's always been a person that says, I'm willing, I'm ready. Uh, I, I wasn't 100% ready when Johnny asked me, but I know there's a lot of guys that were just like, Hey, you know what? This is, a, this is an opportunity to speak, to share. And I've seen other people do it. So I know that I can do it. And I think the beautiful thing behind it is we're not necessarily going to know the fruit of all of this tomorrow. We'll, we'll, we'll probably see it just like, you know, when sections launched, they, they didn't know that when they were launching that, that they were creating a brotherhood, that they were creating community for guys to get together and encourage each other uh, and find community where, you know, guys traditionally don't find it. But that is, I think, you know, one of the amazing things about how God works is it just takes that little seed and it can grow into something big like what we have today. Yeah, I think um, I think we as men like to know if I plant this seed, this is what it's going to produce or when it's going to produce. We know what it's going to produce, but when. Um, but I think that's the thing with this. I had to be okay to not always know when. I, my, our job as a brotherhood is just to plant seeds constantly. Our job and God, it's up to God to do what, he, what what God does best, which is to 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 bring harvest and to make things grow. And I think through all of this, you know, five and a half years now of just planting seeds and calling guys out. You know, if you're not in the game, you've got to be in the game. So with us and a lot of the leaders of this group, we're in the game. So basically, I've got my forty to fifty men that I know are coming to this breakfast that I know them. I reached out to them regularly by text. They feel they feel known. They feel like if there is something that they need to need to need to say, there's a channel that's open there. We've just tried to make open channels for people to be able to communicate, and I do feel like that happens pretty regularly. I was, I mean, I was on probably five texts this morning with different guys, with different different. All one got married, one wants to have breakfast about something he's going through. It's just this constant thing that's happening. But the, this breakfast has opened the door for conversations to help men move from point A to point B, and it wouldn't have happened without uh, having a breakfast. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, just seeing the results of all of those things uh, is is kind of where brotherhood is, has kind of gone now. So for everybody that is listening, I don't know that every single person uh, necessarily knows the foundation of brotherhoods or, or, or the, uh, what we call the brotherhood story. And I'd really like to kind of jump into that a little bit and talk about some of the foundational scriptures of what brotherhood is. Um, and so I'll, I'll read this first one, and then I'll let you guys kind of talk. I'd like to hear you talk a little bit about it. Uh, it is, we live to see the fullness of God's word expressed in one another. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. Mark, you want to talk a little bit about that one? Man, kind of where I'm pulling out of that scripture is... And I, and I want to put the right words here is, man, when we're at this breakfast or we're amongst the brotherhood and the way we're connecting, um, the fullness of God's word is I'm typical. I mean, I'm getting it from another brother as I'm with him or yes, I'm hearing a speaker. And like you had said, man, they're going through the same thing that I'm going through. Um, and Evan's a businessman. He's a coach. He's a father. He's a husband. And as they if they're speaking and they're breaking down scripture and delivering it to me, I'm getting that expression to me. Or, um, man, one of our brothers, Matt Schrader, had said it to you in, in one of the previous podcasts you guys did together is him talking about mentorship. Like he was on the hunt for a mentorship. 
and stuff wasn't landing. He goes to this breakfast and boom, before you know it, he's in three different conversations, pulling away what he needed in a mentor as he's connecting yeah. with men uh, at this breakfast. So, um, man, that, that's, that's my, that's what I'm pulling out of this proverb here of God's word expressed in one another is if I'm spending time with Johnny, I'm spending time with you and some of our other brothers and we're going through this together. Uh, that's God's word coming to life right there before. I mean, he works through people. I could be off. I know Johnny, you probably have a better take on it. No, I mean, I agree with you. I think um, when we talk about, we see the fullness of God's word expressed in one another. When I watch God at work in someone else or God sees God's word at work in me, that's encouraging. It's it's almost like you're you're visibly seeing God's word come alive in the people around you. And I think that's where, that's the power of brotherhood is, I might have an up day, you might have a down day, but together when we talk, we can work together. So that's to me where, and I can also un- unpack God's word, what I'm seeing in God's word in a different way that you may not even be seeing it, but it might be just the way that you need to hear it. I uh, w- One of the things I wanted to add to that, because one of our first podcasts, our, the first podcast, aside from the actual messages that you hear from uh, Brotherhood, was Lee talking about um, you know the importance of having a brotherhood. And his first point was, you were created to be a king, act like it. And what he was talking about was how God had basically made men in his image and we're that reflection of him. But I think us as a brotherhood, our goal is to help pull that out of each other. Like we can see God in each other. Uh, and our goal is to encourage and, and motivate each other to be that walking embodiment as opposed to being complacent and just being satisfied with, you know, who we think we are or what we think success is. I think my goal is to challenge everybody to say, I, I see more in you. I, I know that you have uh, a greater ability. God did not create you to be complacent. He didn't create you to be mediocre. He created you to be a king and to be great. And, and it's my job as I see guys like you and I see guys at the breakfast uh, and, and to find ways to encourage other people to, to walk in the fullness of what God created them to be. Let's jump to the next one. Uh, we fearlessly walk through adversity together, uh, refusing to shrink back, willing to stand and face the, our weakness head on, Proverbs seventeen seventeen. So for me, uh, I was just sitting with um, a brother <laughs> at coffee uh, on Friday and it started out with a conversation and a text of, hey, uh, looking for looking for a different line of work. Um, you, do you know of anything? And so it started in that conversation and ended up saying, how are you? Like, how, how are you doing? Because it, I knew that he was affected by the fact that he was looking for work. Ended up meeting, it, meeting for coffee and having this long conversation. And he threw a lot of things at me in those few minutes. Uh, we met, met together probably almost an hour. It felt like five minutes. But it was you know, the fearless part of walking through adversity is, is also the part of not being able to say something that may make him uncomfortable or might make him think a little bit more deeply about what he's going through. And I think that's the part of the iron sharpening iron is, um, you know, when you sharpen something, you sharpen iron, you're actually losing your visibility. You lose a little bit of, of edge, but you're actually gaining sharpness by losing a little bit. And I think that's one thing that as we're helping guys see who they really are and what they could become, you may lose to gain. And that's kind of what I was seeing in this, this, this man is he's lost quite a bit to, uh, in exchange for what is God's best for him moving forward. And it may, it's going to take a while to get there. But I remember looking him in the face and I said, I'm willing to walk through this with you all the way till the end. And I can handle whatever it is you throw at me. There's nothing that, that you're going to say is going to throw me off because he kept saying, I don't want to offend you. I don't want to offend you. And I'm like, 
you're not going to offend me with anything you say. Like I, I can handle it and know that God can handle it too. God can handle your deepest, most sincere question. And the one that you don't want to ask is the one that he most wants you to ask. So those kind of things, walking through that with them fearlessly, man, willing to stand and face our weaknesses head on. That's Proverbs 17, 17. And it's, it's a strong pillar for uh, brotherhood. Yeah, man, I want to chime in. Uh, when, when I, when I, when I've kind of been chewing on this as we're talking about it, uh, we fearlessly walk through adversity together. Uh, I think of Lee and Brian. And a lot of those who are going to be listening to our podcast, probably our core, know Lee Martin, Brian Job. I mean, your first podcast is recapping Lee's message. Um, in most settings, when Lee's with talking amongst the men, he'll tell a bit of his story. So I'm not going to tell his story because it's his story, but he, it's, he's clearly open uh, in his deepest, darkest time of need. Uh, pastor, there, there had been a failure. He calls his dad and he calls his best friend, Brian. And at the time, I think Brian would admit this is a hard thing to go run to because this goes against everything my pastor's probably telling me to go do or pastors, I should say, telling him to do. His wife was probably anti, like, hey, we should maybe keep our distance a little bit right now. This is kind of deep and heavy, and I don't know if we want to jump into that mess. Um, but fearlessly walk through adversity together. I think of those two brothers. I mean, a lot of this is kind of founded on that sort of stuff. It's easy to be pals. It's easy to be pals. Brothers together when it's all, hey, we're all wealthy. You know, we're all in fit shape and we're wealthy and let's go do things. But man, when you're when you're when you're hurting and when you're full of pain, who's the brother that is coming in the middle of your adversity? And I think of that, and that's us. That's the brotherhood. Man, I have I have goosebumps right now. I don't know if you can see it, but I think that uh, when we're talking about going through life together, I am. I'm guilty of this, so this is my confession right now. Uh, like a lot of times when people are going through like the really, really thick stuff, sometimes I'm just like, man, they just you guys, you just got to dig deep and figure it out, and I'll, I'll, I'll be ready for you on the other side. And I think that you know sometimes it's like I, I maybe I don't have that closeness, maybe I don't have that relationship with that person yet that I can feel comfortable walking with them in that. But I know that I have been there in certain instances where I've. Uh, I've had that really tough conversation with a person, a person that I would consider a brother. And I, I sat there and had a conversation that I, I never thought I would have to have. And I, I told him, you're doing the wrong thing and you're an idiot if you keep doing this. And he fought me. He told me that I had no idea what I was talking about. And I walked away from that interaction knowing that I had done the right thing, but feeling like absolute crap. Because I felt that in that moment, in that time, that he didn't hear a word that I said. And that I, I knew deep down inside that what he was saying to me was not his heart. Uh, and I think that was why I was willing to stand there and, and maybe take you know, some of the conversation that we had. Um, but I was able to walk out of there knowing that you know, I, I did the right thing, that I was there for a specific reason. And it took two years for him to uh, you know, actually have a, another conversation with me, a deeper conversation later on. And he said, I heard every word that you said. And I'm glad that you said it because I needed to hear it. He said, but I was too prideful. And I, I, didn't, I didn't want to hear what you were saying to me. And I just wanted to run. I just wanted to take the easy way out. But I appreciate that. And I, I appreciate you being willing to drive across town to talk to me 
because you didn't have to do that. And I think that when we have that opportunity to walk through that adversity together and you have that closeness and you have that relationship, the, the thing that you're talking about that Lee and Brian have, then I think that we all are aspiring to, to, to have those kinds of people with that permission in our lives. I think that that's what draws us together. That's what builds that bond, that community that we want. I tell my boys that brothers are forever. You know, you guys may be fighting and you guys may get on each other's nerves and you may, uh, you know, just get to the point where you just can't stand each other, but you live under the same roof and you guys are brothers and you will always be brothers. And there's nothing that you can do about that. And I'm not going to be here forever. And at some point I'm going to be gone and you're going to have your brother. And that bond, that relationship is the most important thing. So you can either walk through it two different ways. You can walk through it just hating each other and just just being super annoyed that you got to live in the same room and or live in the same house and share everything. Or you guys can grow and be strong and be a team and fight back to back and always be there for each other. And I hope that the, that my kids see that. I hope I hope that for you that's listening. I hope that for you, Johnny, and, and for you, Mark. You know, I hope I hope that we can ha- build and, and maintain and keep those kinds of relationships, because I'm going to venture to say that somebody's listening to this today, and they're saying to themselves, "Man, I wish I had had somebody there that I could call. I wish that I had had somebody there that was willing to drive across town for me, or that was willing to tell me the truth of something that I didn't necessarily want to hear. But I just, you know, I, I only heard myself." And that was the loudest voice in my life. And I think that a brotherhood that is walking through that adversity together, fearlessly walking through that adversity together, that creates uh, so much uh, better quality of life to the extent that we can start being that for other people. That's good, brother. That is so good. And man, I, and I know we need to move on, but the last thing I'll say to that is like, it, it's just contagious. It's just contagious. I mean, there's just, there's a spirit. There's the spirit of the brotherhood. You know, one of the things I say um, to Brian and Liam, and they're super, super close friends of mine, years later when I come into their lives as a brother, I mean, some of that stuff Brian was doing, he was really doing for me too. He just didn't know it yet because he hadn't met it yet. He had started that path. He started that. Man, leaders go first. Leaders go first. So when you see a Brian go first, you see a Johnny go first, you see a Pastor Witt go first, Pastor Willie go first in some things, like it's contagious and it trickles down. So there was a brother at one point who reached out to someone in their darkest hour. And now, man, we got the list is starting to build of brothers who have been in similar situations who are now having brothers to go to and they're going on mountain trips and they have a testimony now. So it's contagious, man. Johnny, I know you got something to say. You're like, <laughs> you're just, you're chewing on it. <laughs> no, I, I think, um, I think the, the example is set. I think there've been several, uh, even at church on the move, several men that have had some pretty big challenges that have, have been transparent. And I think transparency begets transparency. And I think once we realize that, um, you know, what we face, what we think is our deepest, darkest is, is really not as deep and dark as you would think. And a lot of those people are facing the exact same thing. I mean, this weekend, uh, at, at church, I think Pastor Witt spoke openly about lots of things that open up transparency, uh, his transparency. And it also, uh, was his journey of how, how he got free. And I think there's so many guys here that think that, you know, if I told that I, you know, I, someone would kill me or <laughs> I would lose my reputation forever when actually just the opposite is true. I think we actually gain respect when we show, uh, who we really are. And also God already knows who we are anyway. 
uh, and probably most of our friends do, and, and they see the flaws. I mean, both of you have called out things to me before. I was like, ouch, that kind of hurt. But you know what? I needed to hear it. And if you're not going to tell me, why don't we just wait until someone else tells you, and then it's going to really hurt because not everyone's as loving as, as people inside the brotherhood always. So uh, those are those are really critical parts that we um, – there's a certain love there. And it's kind of like what I say with my kids a lot. If I've been really hard on my kids and I haven't, I haven't been making the deposits, then the withdrawals are painful because you can overdraw in relationships pretty easily. So one thing I love about brotherhood is there are – we're co- making constant deposits in each of us through whether it's through going on a mountain trip or whether it's through walking through something and someone can just look you in the face and tell you the truth. Um, man, you can make those withdrawals in times when you, when you need to do that, you need to be able to say things that are tough. We're also making deposits in time spent together as we learn how we work and we learn each other's personalities. We can speak into some things that some areas that can need improvement. Well, I think that, uh, you know, as we're kind of talking about all this, it's, uh, you know, somebody's coming to the, the breakfast every, every month or saying, man, I'm just, I'm having breakfast with these guys, but I'm not necessarily having that kind of relationship that you guys are talking about. Like, I, I don't necessarily have that, that guy that I can go to that brother that I can go to, um, that, that we can have those conversations with. And I think Johnny, you really hit the nail on the head in terms of like, how do we get to that point? And it's, it's, it's making those deposits in other people. It's, it's walking through that adversity together uh, through closeness. The brotherhood, the breakfast is an opportunity for us to come together and, uh, and, and meet and, and stand side by side and do, do breakfast together, but ultimately do life together. And so start to look in those relationships, start to look uh, and be willing to, like what Mark said, be vulnerable with people. And the first person you ask, it might not, it might not work. It it might, it might take a little bit, but use those opportunities to start building that community, find those things that you can do. That's going to build your own brotherhood uh, that, you know, that, that, those people that have that permission in your life. You might have people that you're thinking about right now and saying, you know, you know, I've, I've known this guy for, for so long, but we've never had a conversation of, you know, how are you doing? How are you really doing? How are you managing through a pandemic? Uh, I think that's a pretty easy conversation starter right there. But the guys that are, are open and willing, they're not just going to say, I'm good. The guys that are open and willing to have those conversations are going to be the guys that say, I'm struggling right now. And sometimes you can lead with vulnerability. You can say, hey, man, I don't know how this pandemic is for you, or I don't know how this this last year has been for you, but it's been really tough for me. And man, I just I just would really appreciate it if you just pray. If you would just be there for me and 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 uh, if you know if every once in a while I can call you and I'm going to tell you what to tell me. You're going to tell me that I got this and I can figure it out and I can get through it and that's all I need you to say. And I think what you'll see is that's reciprocated and that you'll be able to find those things. So, you know, as you're hearing this and you're hearing some of the heart of what we're doing, just think about what Johnny was saying about making those deposits uh, in other people's lives. Because when we're able to do that, when we need to make a withdrawal, because we're all going to need to make a withdrawal at some point, that it's not a painful withdrawal. Yeah, we, we've really got to consider um, our selfishness, our level of selfishness, because what happens is we walk around uh, as our friend Joyce Meyer says, that the antenna's up saying, what about me? What about me? What about me? We go around there. We go around all the time saying that about what, you know, what am I going to get? What am I going to take today? What am I going to, what, what, what percentage of that commission am I going to make today? And who owes me and who, and it becomes so self-absorbed that we're not looking. I, I say this a lot when I get up in the morning, who, who in my life needs a word of encouragement or just a check-in? I ask that question every day in my life when I get up. 
And my response is always, hey, how you doing today? Just checking on you. Who in the world wouldn't want someone to say, hey, I'm just checking on you. That's it. Is not going to pour out their heart and give you at least two or three things of, you know what? Yesterday was a crappy day. I had to do this and do this. They're going to just, people love to love to be, uh, for the door to be open and be able to say what's going on. But we aren't always real good at asking the question because they go around asking the question, what about me? And so I, I think that if we would become more like that as men, not that we have to be touchy feely with everyone all the time and be, you know, that, I don't think it's about that. I think we've all been struck in some way in the last year with something that's been difficult, uh, whether it's through business or personal or whatever. All we've been through has been heavy on a lot of us, which is part of the reason why we started Brotherhood uh, was that we knew that the guys were going through stuff. They just weren't willing to talk about it until you scratch the surface and then you find out under that surface is a volcano of things that they're feeling or thinking or facing. You know? But we've got to be willing to ask the question. You've got to be willing to ask the next question. Yeah. I, uh, so I'm going to go ahead and skip ahead because I feel like you'd naturally transition in, into this one. We seek to be servant-minded, sharing our gifts and blessing each other, looking to meet the needs of our collective communities, Proverbs 28, 17. I, I think that ties into exactly what you're talking about. If we are not uh, looking and trying to be you know, that little antenna, what about me, what about me, and we're always seeking to be servant-minded, we're going to get 10 times more fulfillment from what we're doing just because we were, we were willing to be servant minded. Yeah. I think a servant mind says, uh, again, it's not, it's not always about me and sometimes it is. And sometimes you do need help, but other times, uh, you've got to think what, who can I serve and who around me needs to be served right now. Uh, and I like the scripture goes on to say, sharing our gifts and blessings with each other. You know, there are times when I'm, you know, it's not, there's not a time that I haven't been to a restaurant where I'm looking around and seeing who looks like they're in need or who is someone sitting in there that I know that doesn't see me, that I know needs their meal paid for. That's something my boys are watching that, you know, my family's watching that, seeing that that's just a, that's just a, what we do in our lives. And I watched my own son do that in his own life saying, Hey dad, I was out with my buddy's day and I paid for so-and-so because I felt like I needed it. So people are watching and it, it is one of those things where it is, it spreads really quickly when you're, you're giving constantly giving, it does come back to you, but also other people are watching what you're doing and whether it's your own kids, your own wife, or if it's the other guys around you, uh, when it says, look, we're looking to meet the needs of our collective communities. When we're looking to meet the needs of others, it's not that we're always Jesus to everybody in, in the financial sense necessarily, but we're also saying, look, if it's within my hands to do it, then I should do it. I should be looking to bless those around me. And then it says sharing our gifts. Maybe my gift's not money. Maybe my gift's encouragement. Maybe my gift is uh, just to lend a hand on a project. Maybe, and if your love language is time, maybe it's, I need to come over to your house and help you build a whatever, you know, a fire pit or something. But that's, that's the, the part is the scripture says, we seek, we share, and we look. So seek, share, and look in Proverbs 28, 27. Those three things are all on really on me. I need to be look, seeking. I need to be sharing what I have and be looking to meet. So those things are critical in the scripture. I think that are really important for us to keep in mind that as much as it's as we read that, it's really on us on some of this. And if you take that on as my personal responsibility, then the suddenly the what about me antenna just kind of drops because it's just really not that important anymore. Man, love that, Johnny. Um, yeah. When I, so when I'm looking at this scripture. Um, and we seek to be servant-minded, sharing our gifts and blessings uh, uh, with each other, looking to meet the needs of our collective communities. I think of 
the brotherhood we're building right now, uh, and I think of our t- our current team and the team to come, uh, man, we have dudes serving on a monthly basis in a major way, and that is that is tangible. That is like some guys maybe not be at the level where they're like reaching out to everybody, where they're uh, ministering and pastoring, but. I mean, we got guys coming up to us. I mean, one guy in particular I think of, he's like, man, I always get here early and I've just been sitting out in the parking lot. I just need to come in here and serve. How can I serve? I'm like, man, you came at the perfect time. We need a helping hand in the kitchen. Or, you know, we need to build up this auditorium host team. And, um, I mean, Evan, you know the breakfast, man, we're super early. We're if we're, we're ready to feed, feed guys by like 6.30. I mean, that's everybody's in place. The auditorium's set up and food's ready to go. So, Guys are getting there early. Guys are getting there the day before. They're helping throughout the week. Um, I mean, Evan, right now you're serving. You're serving a brotherhood. You are using your gifts and your talents to serve your brother. And so there is that portion, too. As we grow in the brotherhood, we're going to need leaders. We need people serving at events. And and these, man, I mean, look at it. look at this, what God's doing. We got this podcast. We got videos around the corner. I mean, there's so much coming that people are like, I'm ready to serve. I got a call of God, gifts inside of me, and I'm ready to serve my brother. And that, that's part of the scripture, too, that I just, that just jamming in my face of this. Mark oversees our volunteer, so I'm going to let him. Oh, man, question. I love it. Uh, I, I do want to take this moment to say thank you to all of the volunteers, all the teams uh, that you guys have that put together the breakfast. I think that without those, it could not be what it is. I, I think you've probably had guys that have served with you from the very beginning. But uh, if you can, just talk a little bit about you know how awesome you guys' team is. Yeah, um, we have had guys that um, – you know, in the very beginning, it is really, I think we just had a couple of guys that wanted to help. We just didn't even know how to help. Um, so it kind of had to be developed. And we knew to just get together. We kind of didn't really know how to cater or how to cater or who to cater through. And um, we knew we had to, like, there's a small charge for the breakfast and then, you know, cash. And then now it's just way too much. And Johnny's doing a ticketed situation and... Man, he got him and his team branding this thing and video and the graphics. I mean, it's it, it's unbelievable. So the teams, um, like you said, Evan, it's impossible to do without them. I mean, it, it's like any ministry, any church, any company. Uh, we're fortunate to get to be a voice right now. And, and Johnny gets to be the face and, and he's, you know, really pushing us forward. But yeah, in, in every setting we're at, I, we turn around and be like, yeah, if these guys walk away if they if they hit the picket line or something like that we're toast because it takes so many hands to run this stuff i mean it, we need major partners um what i love about all of this is god's really changed and transformed my life through serving in this brotherhood transformed my life um just being a pal with Johnny and just like, how can I serve? What do you need from me? My first task from Johnny was, I want you to just greet people in our section. Will you just say hi to them? Just greet people. Like, sure. Okay. And then as we develop, like, man, it just, now I'm in, um, 
you know, have a voice in this, get to help plan and get to help build. And of course, you know, Holy Spirit led just like everybody else in this and, and picking speakers and drawing stuff out of guys. And, um, but I think of the guys that are now coming on board and now serving that it is kind of hard to put down on paper of like, oh, you just greet at the door. No, bro, I promise you, God's working in their heart. God has called them to serve at the breakfast. They've called them to serve the food, to get up early, to brew the coffee. Once you start bringing on men that want to help, that God's going to give them a vision, just like God's given you a vision, Evan, for the podcast and how you want to develop the media in uh, our media department in, in Brotherhood. Um, but as soon as we pick a leader, like, hey, Alan, we want you to start leading this area. Hey, Bronson, I want you to start leading this area. Hey, Ty and Schrader, they all eventually start coming back to us and say, here's my vision for this. It blows you away. And it's only God. So, yeah, God's called us to like, hey, physically, we need you guys here and we need some help. I mean, to like, I hope you come on board because I know for a fact God's going to transform your life, work in your life. It's that selflessness, man. It's like laying down. It's that um, the discipline, the sacrifice. And God, when you train for the mountain, when you train, when you're out there, truth at the hill, the truth hill, and you're putting it all out there, man, God's speaking to you out there because you're sacrificing. You could be, you could be, uh, you know, early Saturday morning, uh, college game day. You could be watching anything. You could be anywhere, but you're out there training for a mission. And God is working in your life as you're training. And so when we start building these teams, I can see it in these men as they are on, they are on mission to be a part of this brotherhood, to serve, to sacrifice. I mean, nothing about this is convenient, guys. Nothing about this is convenient. Middle of the day, business hours, we all have businesses to run stopping what we're doing to serve. Nothing about it's convenient. We're all going to hop off this and just rush back to get our work done. Same with the breakfast, man. Nothing about that is convenient, but through the sacrifice, through these men's giving up their lives to serve Christ, they're, they're so full of joy. I think of Derek and Carl and Andrew and Jeremy. I can just see their faces right now when we're huddled together. They're just so happy. Love this. Thank you for letting me serve. I'm starting to ramble now, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think when we were first building, I was like, how do we get guys to come so early to help? Nobody is going to want this. And now it's like, you're welcome. Really? You know, like you ever hear Pastor George of like, I have no problem asking men to come out to serve at Dry Gulch. Not a problem at all, because I know God's going to work on your life as you're out there serving these little kids and help building something for the little kids to come serve. It's just the same way, man. Like I now I have no problem asking guys like, man, you should come. We have a phenomenal team and we have aces working for us, man. Aces, top of the line, top shelf dudes working with us and loving it. And so when we build this team, it's just wonderful recruiting because, you know, in your heart, like, hey, you're joining something special. Come on board. Well, anytime we need volunteers, we're just going to let you get up on stage and talk, Mark, because you did a fantastic job. (laughs) 
sharing the heart of that. That was that was great. I'm I'm ready to run through a wall. I don't know which wall I'm supposed to run through, but I'm ready to do it. So <laughs> Oh man. Well, I think what you're talking about, Mark, is you're talking about the impact. And I think sometimes when people are in situations where they're like going, I don't feel like I'm making a difference. I don't feel like that that conversation landed. I don't feel like, you know, me standing and opening this door in the cold is actually doing something. But I think it was at the, uh, I'm going to, I'm sure I'm going to reference this a lot, the Mountain Men banquet that we had not too long ago. Uh, and one of the guys, I think his name was Malachi, said something to the effect of, um, you might be the only embodiment of Christ that somebody ever sees. And so if you have that opportunity opening that door to, you know, just smile and say hello to somebody and that's the closest they're going to get that day, that's a big opportunity. That's a big impact that you're making in somebody's life. So since we're talking about Mountain Men and the, and the Brotherhood Breakfast, there's a guy on our breakfast team. Man, it's his story to tell, and this might, this might not be the spot to do it, but, man, I have been, like, kind of the lead in his area where he serves. And so I'd see him, and, and um, I'd say, hey, man, we should grab coffee sometime. And, and, you know, next time, hey, let's grab a meal sometime. Man, thank you so much for being here. Well, what I didn't know, what was building in this guy, first of all, he loved serving. He was He's the super early crew. Um what was building inside of him was I wish Mark would put his money where his mouth is. I have no idea. I'm just like, Hey pal, thanks for serving. Appreciate you. Pat on the back, pat on the back. You're so awesome. Let's grab a coffee. Let's grab a coffee. Let's grab a coffee. What I didn't know was brewing him. him. He, he was getting sick of me. He was getting sick and tired of me just saying that, but not really nailing down a date, not like turning to him and say, Hey, pal, no, I'm serious. Next Friday, let's go grab a cinnamon roll and a cup of coffee or something. So one morning as he's serving at men's breakfast, he determines next time Mark does this to me, I'm going to tell him, I'm going to basically going to tell him, either we're doing this or we're not, Mark. Like he's really, he's really prepared to put me in place, so to speak. So I do the classic, man. Sure enough, like, like clockwork, I go up to him like, hey, man. Thanks for serving. We really appreciate you. Bless you. We should grab a coffee sometime or something, you know. Well, I walk away. As I'm walking away, God, he wants to do it. He wants to follow through with what he wants to say. And he, this is his story. He tells me, God told me to shut up. He's on this tip of his tongue to say, you know what, Mark? But the Holy Spirit said, shut up. And as he's staring at me, walk away, me thinking like I'm hot stuff, he sees me stop and turn around. But what he doesn't know is God tells me, go ask him on a mountain men trip right now, right now. And if you think back to this, which I don't know if guys can reference our last mountain men still climbing meeting where that speaker Jim was like, God's going to be like, I need you right now. I don't know if you remember that, Evan. I don't know if you remember him saying that. I need you right now. I need you right now. So I had one of those moments. So, so this guy sees me walk away after the Holy Spirit had just told him, shut up. Same time, God tells me, go ask him on a mountain men trip. So I turn around and it was probably the fastest invite and acceptance in mountain men history. <laughs> on the spot, I turn around and, hey, man, have you ever thought about, you know, have you know about, and it was like, you know, and he was so humble. I had no idea that he was 
crushed on the inside and that he was just so quiet and he didn't tell me until like a year later. Well, after the end of the season, he kind of told me, but I had no idea at the time, but he was like, yeah, I've been saving up some money and um, I would really like to do that. I've heard about those trips. And it's just like, he was putty in my hand, so to speak. Now that's just like, it was all just perfect. All right, man. Well, I'll talk to you more about it. And, And we had, I had no idea. And so I don't know why, you know, you said mountain men and then we just talked about the serving and like, that's what I'm talking about. This mm-hmm. guy was just there serving eggs. Literally, that is his job. He's in the food line and he's scooping eggs, he's scooping bacon. And in the middle of that, he gets asked on a life changing trans- transformation trip because he's serving at the breakfast And because I, as one of the leaders in this, have helped men come in, build a team that I had the margin to be able to hear from the Lord. That Johnny and I have just continued to build and build and build. It gives us the margin to be able to see men where they're at, speak into their lives. I know we're getting off topic a little bit, but like as those who are listening and if you're building something, if you get so caught up and I have to do every little thing and I'm scared to build a team, you're missing an opportunity to be able to hear from the Lord because you need that margin. You need that space. You need to be able to put people to work so they can be developed by God. And it gives you space to be able to like free up space in you spiritually so you can help them. I'm getting off, but like, I don't know how we got to that, but I hopped me to that story. Well, you never know where voluntary is going to take you. That's the truth, the truth of it. You just never know. And what it's not, we think sometimes people are coming to serve, and really God is ready to serve them what their next step is. So if you're sitting somewhere and not ever giving God an opportunity to work, that's really, that's honestly really on you. You really are going to have to put yourself out there in order for God to be able to work in you. And it might be uncomfortable, but man, God will absolutely find a place for you. Uh, and it might be the thing that's your next step, although it may not look like it initially. Yeah. I, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing that story. I think that's, uh, I think that kind of shares a lot of the heart of what brotherhood is, but at the same time, I think that kind of reinforces, uh, why we have this podcast right here, because, you know, I don't know that anybody would have ever heard that story from Mark. Um, and I think that, uh, we might need to get a separate podcast for Mark where we just let him, let him go. Cause, uh, I think he's got a lot, he's got a lot to share. I'm Mark. I'm going to tell you something that someone, someone told me a while ago. Uh, and it, it really changed my life is it is, uh, you know, you don't, you, I don't think you talk enough. I, I think that you have more inside of you that you need to be willing to share and you need to find opportunities and, uh, and be willing to share it because I think that people need to hear what you have to say. And I think that, uh, this is just the, this is just the tip of the iceberg of that because I know that brotherhood's done a lot for you. It's Johnny brotherhood's done a lot for you. It's done a lot for me, but I think when we are able to hear those stories and, and have the courage to share those, uh, that that's going to help other people. And that's going to, that's going to bring other people forward. Uh, we're getting pretty close to time here. So I want to briefly touch on this last one and then we're, we have, we have more to go. So we'll probably do a second podcast that will, uh, dive into this a little bit deeper. Uh, but the last uh, one that we have is we desire to walk openly and honestly with our brothers, confessing our faults and showing one another grace. Proverbs 28, 
13. I, th- I think that we've uh, kind of woven in and out of that, but I do want to give you guys an opportunity to kind of share your thoughts on that a little bit because, you know, I think that's the that's the foundation. That's the that's the creed of brotherhood. Uh, and, and when we're looking at, you know, how do we describe brotherhood to people? How do we describe it to guys that are interested in coming? Well, right now we say something to the effect of uh, it's a breakfast the second Friday of every month. But I think it's so much more than that. And this has really been an opportunity for us to kind of uh, dive into that a little bit deeper. And for guys who maybe have been coming for months, maybe have been coming for for years, but they haven't really uh, kind of seen the direction that we're going. This is that opportunity to talk about that. So guys, is there anything that you want to add to uh, that that walk with with, uh, each other kind of through this adversity that we all face? Well, if we can't can't walk openly and honestly, then we're really, uh, we still have a mask on and we're walking around thinking that, Everybody can see us when really, really we know the real us. Uh, we've got to be able to walk, walk openly and honestly, and we've got to ha- feel the freedom to be able to confess our faults. And then knowing that that's could be met with, it may be met with some, hey, here's some next steps, but it also can be met with grace because what is, um, what is most personal is also most universal, which we've heard quite a bit in this brotherhood is that the, the issues you deal with are probably the same issue everybody else deal, deals with, but the enemy tells you you're the only one. And if he can keep you, locked down and, and put into a, a, a cage somewhere with that, you're never going to get free. And so the excitement of that is in this brotherhood, you have the ability to be able to say what you need to say to a brother and know that the response is not going to be, you're not going to get beat up. You're going to be, you're going to be served, served grace in, in a, in a relationship that can help you get through. Yeah, that's so good, Johnny. Um, I would say a couple of things. One, you have to be willing to be a listener you know, you have to be willing to be a listener and sit through some awkward moments. When if, if you want this scripture right here, we desire to walk openly and honestly with our brothers. Well, we know as brothers that a lot of times it isn't like, hey, man, yeah, first things first, um, I'm in trouble with things that I'm looking at on my phone. Uh, it doesn't happen that way. Right. Like you said, Evan, before it's like, hey, if I call some pals together to watch the Monday Night Football, I'm going to I'm going to hint half a dozen. No problem. But if I'm like, hey, uh, Monday Night Football, first things first, we're going to confess our sins and then we'll get started like crickets. So we as brothers need to be able to sit and listen. And by listening, I feel just like not just. Not just like, okay, I'm not going to talk until you fully said everything, but like be listen, like have those holy, your Holy Spirit ears open because God's going to give you key things that someone says that allows you to ask. Quick example, someone's telling me about their job at a lunch and man, I just felt to ask, do you like doing that? I had no idea that was cracking open this huge can of like, whoa. I thought it was. I thought I was just going to hear like, "Yeah, that's in my wheelhouse," but it was this long pause of, "No, no, I don't like that." And this is um, this is something I'm struggling with right now because I feel God's calling me something I'm dead, and I'm but I'm locked down at this career right here, and this thing doesn't pay, but this one does, and you know I only have so much time, so I don't really. And like, here, okay, here we go. I didn't know, but I knew like randomly. Man, do you like that? And, you know, I just left a coffee earlier today. I was talking to a brother of ours and he was just asking me about some guys and he left this last job. And I asked, does that cause you pain? And just a long pause. I mean, just leave it open-ended. Did that cause you pain? 
Um, I don't, man. I just and just let it happen. Like I feel that's the stuff when I like the open and honesty. One, you got to be able to be a listener and let someone say something key that allows you to allow them to be open and honest with you. Uh, Johnny's man, you know, he's, he's the king of the text. And, you know, he said it in, earlier in the podcast, he asks God, who do I reach out to? Well, that's why he gets those, those life-changing coffees and dinners with people is because he's able to be like, no, like, how are you doing? I don't know what word for word he says, but he, you know, we get the drift when he says it because I've been part of that. Um, but like when I dissect that, that's what I think, man, you got to be able to listen and allow yourself to hear, I should ask this question. And you've, de- you've given enough deposits, man. Yeah. And it's, it's not our responsibility to always have all the answers. I mean, there's a lot of times that I'll just sit with someone and I'm like, I don't have the answer for that. I'm not even going to say that I do, but you know what? I can sure get back with you or if nothing else, just sit there and shut your mouth and listen and take it. Because you know how many times these people have been shut down by someone who they started in with what was going on and suddenly a Christian jumped in with, with the answer, the absolute, and just want to just jump down their throat with it. And it's like, you know what? I just want someone to listen. So that, Mark, you're spot on on that. I couldn't agree more. Um, be willing to listen and just, like you said, just leave it. Just leave it on, leave it on the table. Let it sit. I think we should get like a big Johnny. You're you're a branding guy. I think we should get like a big black poster and just in the white words, it just says "shut up" and then it just has like a little notation, the Holy Spirit. I think that is a, I think that's a good maybe uh maybe thing that we can you know brand with the brotherhood and just shut up, listen, just let God move and get out of your own way. And I think <laughs> I'm being a little facetious, but I think that you know that's kind of woven through through here. The one thing I wanted to add to this is that um again, I maybe it's just because. Lee's things fresh on my mind and, and it was the first one. But uh, when Lee was talking about closeness, when he was yelling across the room, asking how somebody was, he said, this, this, there's no intimacy in this conversation. There's no opportunity for me to really have a conversation with you when I'm yelling across the room uh, to you. I'm not close. It's, you know, even a text message is not close, but an invitation to coffee is. And so I'm going to give everybody homework. If you're listening to this, if you've made it all the way through this an hour into a podcast where we're talking about the heart and mission behind brotherhood. I'm going to challenge you to ask somebody to coffee. And I don't want you to have an agenda. I don't want you to have all the answers or I don't really want you to think of anything uh, greater than I just want to, uh, you know, spend some time and be close with with a potential brother in my life and be, and be there for them so that I can serve them, uh, be servant minded uh, and sharing my gifts and blessings with them. Uh, and then ultimately challenge them to be more like Christ. That's what the brotherhood is. That's what that opportunity that we're trying to trying to communicate to everybody is when we say we want to see the fullness of Christ oper- or walking through the fullness of Christ, that's what it looks like. It's reaching out. It's being a brother to uh, the brotherless and, and being uh, a part of that community that challenges each other, motivates each other. Conversations like this is going to hopefully motivate each other to go out and build that community, build brotherhood. There's only so many people that I can have coffee with. There's only so many people that Johnny can have coffee with uh, and, uh, and, and Mark, you too. But if we are intentional about finding people that we reach out to and we're pulling into that community and we shut up and we're willing to listen and not just, you know, not just say, how are you? And they say, good. And then you go on, ask the follow, how, how are you really? And then shut up and, and let, let, let the Holy Spirit work and let everything else go from there. Because that's where 
that's where God can work. It's, it's having that person that's willing, that's ready, that's there to step up and, and be willing to be that leader uh, in their home, in their family, uh, and in their community. And that's what we're looking for. So guys, thank you so much for taking the time. We're, we are going to do another one of these because we have not even gotten halfway through uh, some of the stuff that we want to talk about, especially the future of brotherhood, the direction that we want to go with it. So stay tuned for that. We will we'll release that in a separate podcast. But guys, brothers, uh, listeners, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Mm-hmm.